Welcome to your Wednesday. We are back for yet another episode or installment, whatever you want to uh, call it. It is Caught Offside, the NRL podcast, bringing you uh, everything from the world of rugby league week to week and uh, to help me break everything down and to speculate and to, uh, well, just have a general chat about footy. Uh, my two amazing co-hosts. First up, he is the reason uh, the uh, betting agencies say gamble responsibly. Scott Parker Parkinson, mate, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, mate. And um, like they say, never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. It's going well. <laughs> you do on your wedding day, apparently. Uh, and uh, second up, he is uh, the admin of the very funny Simpsons-related NRL memes page on Facebook, a comedian entertainer, uh, entertainer Ben Rolfe. And, mate, welcome. And you've been killing it recently on the uh, Facebook page. Love your work. Oh, thank you. Um, Humour is the only way to deal with... Uh, uh, what is happening to my club right now? Um, it, <laughs> Dr. The Hibbert moment style. you stop laughing, I will collapse and cry. I just picture you doing a Dr. Hibbert in the uh, background there just to keep yourself going. Oh, I, I, I'm more thinking it's that moment where um, it's the end of the episode where Homer gives away the um, Greyhounds and <laughs> yeah, Marge goes down to the cellar and he's just belting the. Um, she's thinking he's hung himself and he's just backing the. Homer, no. Oh, I tell you what. Uh, you just, I, I don't know. There's something about the, the memes that you put out on the Facebook page. If you haven't checked it out, go and check it out. But, uh, like, I, I just would never think of them in a million years. And they just, they're, they're, they're like, they're so obvious. But there's so much creative uh, input into that. So I absolutely love the page. Now, boys, uh, it's been a big weekend of rugby league. We've got heaps to talk about on this afternoon's show. But, Parco, you were down around uh, Bulldogs training. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're actually recording a little bit later than we usually do because I had to fly down to Sydney because obviously last week uh, we know that Trent Barrett handed over the whistle uh, to Gus Gould and he must be just getting experts from everywhere because he actually rang me um, after the weekend's result and said, Parker, fly down. And he saw the credentials I had as a Wilsonton Rugby League coach. He wanted me to come there and, and just try a few things with the boys. So we tried foursome backs. We tried a bit of draw and pass. So um, I'd be expecting another improved effort from the Bulldogs. And, and really while we're on that, I know there's been a big big drama about Gus taking over training, but for me, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I know that Gus has this reputation as a bit, bit of a dictator, a bit of a Vladimir uh, Putin-style uh, leadership um, with Gus, what he's done at the Panthers and, and before that um, at the Roosters. But but I just think if, if you're Trent Barrett and you're trying to actually um, progress your coaching career, there's nothing wrong with asking a guy who everyone does say – He's one of the smartest NRL minds in the game. Well, I don't know, boys. Am I am I not seeing something that, that everyone else is? I think you definitely got I... something there. But uh, look, I my issue would be how it look how it's actually happened. If Trent Barrett's gone and asked, I agree with you one hundred percent, Parco. Uh, why wouldn't you utilize someone like Phil Gould? But if Phil Gould's just thrown his weight around and and walked in there and just. Get, giving mixed messages. I don't know. I think that's... a bit of weight to throw around too. There's a lot of weight to throw around in that in that context. But Ben, what do you reckon? Well, it got the results, didn't it? So um, I, don't, I don't see an issue at all. I thought it was definitely blown up. Um, my question is, um, while you were down there at uh, Bulldogs Training Park, did they let you use the infamous drone? <laughs> yes, I flew a drone. Um, yeah, it's great. They've got all the facilities down there at the, at the Bulldogs. But, but like, again, like, I think this could be the perfect partnership. If Barrett allows Gus to kind of, you know, I think for Gus Gould, you've got to fan the ego. I think that's the biggest thing. You've got to, he's got to always be the smartest person in the room. And I think if Trent Barrett can manage that, I don't think his job's going to be under pressure at all. If he's willing to, 
um, I guess, ask for help and, and accept that help as well. That's the sort of coach that I think Gus needs to be working for him. And on the flip side, I think Gus wants to be the nurturer. He wants to be the guy who's supporting everyone in his club. He always comes out and says, you know, take on me. If, if people are talking about me, they're not talking about anyone else. So I, I actually think they're a, a match made in heaven. Um, if they can kind of manage it correctly. So, um, yep, like you said, like the result was there for the Bulldogs and a great win over the Roosters. And I just I just don't know if Barrett's under as much pressure if he's allowing Gus um, to come in and coach. Obviously, Anthony Griffin, a bit older than Trent Barrett, um, definitely not as good looking as Trent Barrett, um, probably not unwilling to change his ways or, um, you know, allow, allow Gus's input. But I, I think it's actually going to work really well for the Bulldogs moving forward. So if you're Trent Barrett investing in some um, knee pads, you're saying, Yes, why not? Maybe a nice cushion to sit and watch and take notes on because, you know, the experts there just allow them to have a bit of free reign. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. I still think uh, we need a market for Ben's conspiracy theory at the start of the year about Brad Fittler ending up there. I still wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. It's just, it's hard to imagine that Trent Barrett will go through another year. Like, I know they got the win, but it's hard to imagine he'll go through a whole year and still be the coach. I don't know. I'm, I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot of times this year so far, but uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, let's check out uh, the week that was. Uh, first up, I've, I've got to bring this up because I just had a feeling. I'm spewing I didn't put money on it. The Broncos looking good against the Cronulla Sharks. Now, there's one thing that's with the good that I'm starting to get a little bit worried about. I know I'm very cynical in that respect. Adam Reynolds starting to gel with the team, looking like he's, he's starting to fit in and take control. My problem is, by the time we get to the end of the season, is he going to be getting too old and... Um, is he going to be on the way out? So, like, spend this year building him with the structure, but going to be on the way out in the next two years because I don't think he's going to last the three years in a halfback, and I, I just think we're going to be in the same position we were before Reynolds with because I don't know if we've got a succession plan. Parker, I'll start with you. I know well, you're just oh, as excited. Yeah, look, I mean, Adam Reynolds, that game against the Sharks, it really was probably two guys the Broncos could have potentially had. They could have gone for youth in Nico Hines. I think he was offered a contract or they didn't offer him as much as, as the Sharks did, and they've gone with the experience in Adam Reynolds, and it was quite interesting watching the battle between those two because Nico Hines, when he went for the, the game-finishing play, it didn't seem to come off, whereas Adam Reynolds just controlled that game so well. And, and this is what we're now starting to see from him week in and week out is that that game management um, that the Broncos just haven't had for so long. Um, in terms of injuries, I mean, injuries can happen at any time. And, and I guess the Broncos would know that, you know, this is a body that it, that is that is ageing. Um, and, I mean, Adam Reynolds is, is a guy that doesn't shy away from that. I mean, the, the way he puts himself in the defensive line, but he's pretty tough. So, look, I don't think you can worry about injuries coming forward. I think the idea with the Broncos is – I think Adam Renz will have a job with the Broncos for as long as he wants one, whether that's on the on the field or, um, you know, in a bit of a coaching role. So I think the idea would be to maybe nurture some of those halves coming through. Um, Tamara Martin's probably a guy who who may potentially take over a halves position. He's probably later in his career. Um, but the guy is Ezra Mann. That's a guy that, that can get nurtured by Adam Reynolds. So... I think, I think it's a great question about a succession plan, but they can't prepare for Adam Reynolds to get injured. And I guess it's just managing through that. So I think they've already shown that they're willing to do that. Um, week one, obviously COVID, not really an injury and didn't really have a choice to play him. But I'd like to think the Broncos are not going to push Adam Reynolds if he's, if he's not right. Um, and I show a bit of faith in some of the younger players because there is a bit of a – yeah, there are some guys coming through. But, yeah, for me, I, I think that it's the right option and I wouldn't worry about the – 
the distant future, I just focus on what the results are doing at the moment. Because it's good now. Like, remember the Broncos of old? Uh, it was mainly when Wayne Bennett last had them, uh, where it was exciting to watch the Broncos play. Like, you, you, mm. you're like, in the last couple of years, it's been a drag. You sort of like getting through the game. But it's looking like, like Adam Reynolds, I reckon, has paid for himself already in just what he's done and what he's starting to bring to the club. And Broncos are very exciting to watch again, which is good to see. And I don't, Ben, like as a, as a neutral person, I don't know if you're noticing the difference in terms of, for me, I think the Broncos were still, I think they still tried a lot, but there was just no one to kind of cool, like put put the calm heads in place, I guess. Um, so I don't know, Ben, like, like I just thought the players were very enthusiastic, but people were probably, you know, they, they had no one just to say, let's just have a settler. So this guy, Adam Reynolds, I don't think they're, they're where they need to be necessarily at the moment, but they definitely got the professionalism back and just a guy who can say, get me here, let's go there. There's a plan for their set and they're now starting to finish those off. Yeah. I think he was a, an astute buy for the Broncos and um, yeah. it pains me to say because like, Broncos were like that team to hate for me <laughs> um, gr- growing up, um, being from New South Wales originally, but now living in Brisbane. Um, so, like, when Brisbane were going really badly there for a few years, it really gave me joy to just watch the life of this whole city be sucked out every time the Broncos lost. But I re- it really pains me to say, but I actually enjoy watching the Broncos play at the moment. And, like, the, that's the legitimate truth. Like, I went I went to the, the game the other week and that comeback win um, against the Bulldogs, um, I was sitting there d- on down there near the um, Bulldogs try line and I'm having a great time there watching that game. Um, some of those plays there, and they've got a lot of young, exciting players coming through. As you said, Ezra Mam, um, if how Brisbane manage him in the next couple of years and bring him into the first grade side, and T. Marin, he's another player. He's got a bit, maybe a bit of an older, more mature head on him, even though he's still getting back into NRL. There's two plays you can look at going to the future. You got Tyson Gamble. I'm not completely sold on Tyson Gamble. Yet and um, as long as um, you got the Walters boys around, you can always you can always add Billy there to come off the bench anytime you want. Um, but yeah, no joke aside. Um, I think uh, Adam Reynolds was the perfect buy for them at the time they they needed that professionalism, and he's provided already. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about another uh, Queensland team, the Cowboys. They've been a, a big shock this year. I remember laughing at the start of the season about Chad Townsend, but it's looking like uh, Townsend and Dearden are. Uh, linking together the rest of the team is starting to buy in I was a bit worried at the start of the year whether the coach would make it through but there's something that seems to be happening up at North Queensland uh, Paco I'll go to you because you're another fellow Queenslander here uh, are you surprised by the Cowboys success or are you thinking they're just fluking their way through at the moment Oh, I think if you could predict the Cowboys' success, you'd be a greater football mom than Phil Gould. Like, no, I don't think anyone saw that coming. I think they were probably the favourites to to finish the wooden spoon. And you look at the two Queensland sides, I think everyone sort of – I think if you look at the Broncos, they need to build their culture. I think they – you know, obviously they had a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, but their culture was kind of off. And I think that's what Kevin Walter has been brought in to do is to change the culture. Obviously, they needed players, so they've brought in Adam Reynolds. I think it's similar to the Cowboys, but – it's not so much culture. The culture's always been good, but it's almost like setting a standard. And Todd Payton, for me, is a guy that everyone laughed at when he came in there. He made some pretty tough decisions early um, around Taumalolo. He came out and made bold statements.
statements about if we don't make the finals this season, um, it's a waste or it's, it's going to be disappointing. And I, I thought that was ridiculous when I heard it. But, you know, if you've got the coach, like, I think, you know, you've got the coach that believes at the top, that flows down to your players. So I think they know that nothing short of effort, enthusiasm is going to be accepted. And we talk about buyers of the year and astute buying. Chad Townsend isn't a flash player, but he's a guy who has experience and and just that that game manager around the field. Like, it's just a cool head in some of these tight situations. What the Cowboys are doing is is quite remarkable. And they're in third place at the moment. Um, no one, unless it was alphabetically at the start of the year, would have said that ever feature anywhere near that, that top four spot. And it's now going past a bit of a fluke into now consistent week-after-week results. I mean, Parramatta, I know they've got their own problems with their back line, but, you know, 35 points and and defensive effort because it was all against the Cowboys in that 20 minutes. And I think last year they probably lose by 50, but they are turning it out for each other. And they're turning, you know, one of those those great sides like your Melbourne sides, they're turning unknown names like Nanai into a Queensland, um, probably a a first choice representative player. So, you know, they're going really well. Um, and and I look forward, I think we're now going to start seeing them favoured to beat some of those top six sides. Yeah, for, for me, I'm still a couple of weeks from being completely sold on them. But for what I've seen so far, I've genuinely been surprised how well they're playing. I was one person I was um, backing them for the spoon at the start of the year. And um, look at where me and my team are right now. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, Scott Drinkwater for me has been a big, big surprise for them. Um, playing really well, and now they've got uh, the situation of who are they going to play a fullback? Because mm. you got the, um, the Hammer coming back from injury. I think he played off the um, bench last week, I believe. And yeah, he definitely featured. Amazing few minutes that he came back on the field, and as a coach, you now this is what the situation you dream and you dread as well is: who am I going to play and who am I going to play on the bench? Because both players are putting their hand up at the moment. So, and how do you get them both in the side? But um, I just want to see a see a little bit more. I want to keep this see this go a little bit longer before I'm completely sold that they're going to be a top four team. But um, yeah, I, I think they're definitely finals bound the way they're playing at the moment. Yeah, looking the goods for sure. Now, uh, before we wrap up the highlights from last week, I've got to bring it up because holy mackerel, what is going on at Newcastle? Uh, look, Caelan Ponga. Now, I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I thought it was a bit weird that he had a big press conference to uh, announce that he was extending. Uh, and then he put got his father next to him. Look, I, look, I don't know them from a bar of soap, but it just seemed, it screams ego to me. And the dad trying to ride the, ride the coattails. I, I think they're in a world of problems, Newcastle, and I think they've invested all that money in the wrong person. Ben... Uh, I know you, you're drowning your sorrows right now. Where do you see this whole thing? Uh, do you think that Caelan Ponga, they, they should just let him go? I'm okay with having Ponga um, in the club and on, on that money. Um, the lead-up to it was a, a little bit tiring, um, I think, for the fans and for the club. But, but let's bear in I mind, sorry, th- let's can... bear in mind, they were playing really good without him at the start of the year. He seems to be adding a lot of issues into that place by being there. I don't know exactly what's going on, but you would think if your captain's re-signed, ready to go, there's no more noise, he's five years, your marquee player, that there'd be some improvement. But they've just been playing shit. No other word. <laughs> we couldn't put it more simply. Um, well, it's not what you'd expect but, from re-signing Callum Ponga. But for me, it's it's what are you, what are you putting around him as a framework um, going forward as a club? And I said it last week is... The big thing for me is, for the coach, is I'm not seeing a grand plan. I'm not seeing a vision of 
where he wants to take the club in the next couple of years. Okay, yes, he's got Kalen Ponga, but what are you going to do with Kalen Ponga? Um, there's still the question mark of, is he going to stay at fullback for the, um, for his whole career or is he going to move to 5 eighth because he's spending that money? You want him to get that his hands on the ball as much as possible. Um, I want the coach to come out and give this vision to the fans and to players of what we're going to do. Um, and that, for me, that's why I, th- I think the... Um, the pressure's on the coach at the moment. I think that's where it really it needs to be. I'm not one to try and say it's you always got to get rid of the coach to solve all your problems. But in this case, I haven't seen from Adam O'Brien a plan of where we're going forward. Um, if I'm Newcastle right now, I'm I'm throwing all my money at trying to get um, Josh Morris um, as coach because what he was doing with the Sharks and a probably a roster that's similar quality to where Newcastle are at the moment, where, when he was down the Sharks, yeah. he was doing some really good things there and really set up where the Sharks have now gone, gone up a level this year um, with an even better roster. Um, I think Josh Morris needs to be commended for the groundwork that he put down there first. Um, and someone I would love to get involved in the club when they come back to Australia is... Um, James Maloney, I think. I think Newcastle missing a lot of bit of mongrel, and I mean their goal. I couldn't. The commentators put it perfectly at the last couple of weeks. Watch, watching those two games is the goal line defense is atrocious. They're letting a lot of tries in that you you'd be uh, disappointed in reserve grade, and I think James Maloney's just about to finish up over, and he's having his last swan song season in um, the lower grades down there in France at the moment, and probably will come back to Australia at some point. It, but wherever he was in his career, he, he always brought success or stability. And he's someone I would hope he's probably going to go into coaching once his career is over. And if I'm Newcastle, I want him in that um, coaching group. Mm. I don't know what you boys think, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm like it. I'd love to see James Maloney back. Parker, where do you see it? Jeez, you know, it's desperate times when you're chasing James Maloney to play, to coach. Um, look, oh, I think it was five years ago, James Maloney would be perfect there. I, I don't know if James Maloney has the, the temperament to be a coach. I think he currently just got in trouble for failing a drug test mm. um, over in France. So, oh, he's um, playing, Newcastle? He's playing a bit of weekend footy, which he's at the moment. He's not, I'm okay. Yeah. The, I, um, we had Andrew like, Johns for years. <laughs> well, that's true. Like, I mean, you can hide it up there. But, look, oh, I don't know the answer with Newcastle. I definitely get the get the thoughts around a plan because Callum Ponga, I feel that every two years he either becomes a 5 out or a fullback. And I think there just needs to be a bit of consistency as to what he is. Yes, get his hands on the ball. But, but I'd almost argue that if he's looking for it, he's probably better suited getting his hands on the ball at fullback and floating in the line and then directing the defence in, in the fullback position. I just think they've, they've kind of – spent money in the wrong areas. I mean, David Clemmer would be on a lot of money um, and maybe at the time he deserved it, but mm. he's definitely not deserving it now. Um, Sai Fetty, I think, would be on a probably the highest paid or one of the highest paid forwards in the game. Well, I just think if you don't have your spine, um, which, I mean, it's another, oh, I guess it's his excuse in um, young Braley, who, who's actually injured now and, and isn't playing in that, that hooker role. So... Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of a lot of speculation about Callum Ponga to say we should they should cut him. I think he's far too good, but I think they've put all their eggs in one basket. It's about what else can you fill it up with? Because yeah, they're, they're offering nothing. Um, started strong. I don't think Callum Ponga is necessarily to blame, um, but I think they've given him everything he wanted. But maybe they should be looking at what's best for the club, not what's best for the Ponga family. 
Yeah, I mean, do uh, Newcastle just uh, relocate over to the English <laughs> Premier League and represent the city of Newcastle <laughs> in Northern England? Because um, that's what I was feeling after that game on the weekend. Oh, and I mean the fans. Like Newcastle has such a great yeah. supporter base. So I think their their fans have gone from twenty five thousand to fifteen thousand, and probably get four hundred this weekend if they're playing someone. But oh, I don't know. Like it, the, what? I guess the biggest point for me, and, and Ben, as a Newcastle fan, this is what would would shit me to tears the most. They're down twenty six nil, and they took a convert like a penalty goal. Actually, like, that's not what that that didn't worry me too much because I mean there was a couple seconds left in the half, and I, and to say we, let's focus on the four against. Who cares? Yeah. You're down twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> to say to say we got warped by Melbourne Storm is um, unfair. I think what happened was we were only twenty five penalties away from um, <laughs> from beating Melbourne. <laughs> you oh, got to think of it another glass way. Glass half full time. It's almost like in that second half. We win that you, game 52-50. You talk about bloody me getting on the punter and Adam O'Brien had the, the score, the margin, and he had to reduce it by two. Like, even if it's – yes, I understand it's almost between half time. But as a fan, I'm just going, look, it just doesn't make any sense. It just It's defeatist attitude. It's just mm. – I don't know. I, I'm a big culture person. And, yeah, I, maybe the players have the shits with Caelan Ponga. And then there's no fault of him. Oh, I don't like the look of his, his dad slash – manager slash Newcastle gardener slash whatever his role is there at the club. I don't, you know, I've got, that's probably the issue, but, you know, maybe the players are just pissed off with the, the Caelan Ponger circus. So maybe it's time just to cut everyone and just start fresh. Yeah, well, Redcliffe 2.0. <laughs> Anthony Milford will come and save the day, boys, no doubt about that. Uh, now, let's get into the awards. It is the coveted uh, awards that uh, everyone loves on this show. Uh, Don Manley, shave your sideburns award. Uh, ben, who needs to get rid of those burns today? Uh, we're going um, up. We're staying in Brisbane, and we're going after Tyson Gamble. Yeah, um, <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> It's atrocious. It um, and that kind of half-assed um, moustache that he's got going right now... Um, I'm looking at him playing. He looks like an extra from the Dallas Buyers Club. He just, he, he's not, he just looks terrible out there on the field. He always he, sickly. He's a dirty player. I don't think he would suit a really clean skin haircut. I think he, I think the shit of the haircut, the shit of the bloke. But hey, we love him as a Broncos team. Direct from Dallas Buyers Club. I love that. That is that's the best. The only way to describe Tyson Gamble. I couldn't agree more with that. Actually, um, now, all right. So we, we've. Discussed Tyson Gamble's hair, which was atrocious and probably has something to do with the way he played. Let, let's say he bombed a few tries on, on Thursday night. They're, like they could have, look, I know it could have happened to anyone, but uh, Broncos could have absolutely racked up some points had he done his job. But uh, the hair was probably uh, getting in there like Snake to Homer Simpson with the hair transplant. Uh, let's get into the, our three, two, ones. Now, the best and less uh, gift certificate, it is. Uh, up for grabs. Every NRL player wants it. They can't get enough of it. Uh, ben, who gets your three, two, ones this week? Um, my one point goes to, is going to um, Katoni Staggs uh, for his effort on uh, Thursday night. Uh, I thought that was a really good uh, individual effort. Um, the pressure was on him um, coming up against a high-flying um, centre in Talakai. And from the moment one, um, he was up for the challenge. Mm. And Talakai's a kind of play where if you give him an inch he will, he will take the mile from you and but Katoni Stakes kept that effort up the entire 80 minutes and didn't let Talakai get a hold of him um, or to stamp any authority on that game the whole 80 minutes um, and really made really put his uh, name down for that centre spot for New South Wales so I uh, thought that was a really great individual effort by Katoni Staggs um, 
my two points um, is for a player. It's more about um, how he's been playing the last few weeks more than just specifically on the weekend, but his weekend performance was still pretty good. And that was Ben Hunt. Um, I think Ben Hunt's um, been playing really well there in, um, in Dragons and just putting in every single week, no matter what's going on down there in St. George. Um, even when they were playing terribly there um, for a, a while back, he was still the one player putting mm. in every single week. And um, now they're starting to get just a, a little bit of form. They, it's now starting, um, he's starting to get a little bit of just rewards. I think he's sitting second too on the Dally M's at the moment. Um, so it's nice to see that he's getting a bit of recognition too for that uh, form. And my three points goes to, I mentioned him earlier, and Scott Drinkwater. Um, absolutely playing gangbusters uh, there for the Cowboys at the moment. And um, someone I never thought I'd even give one point to, let alone three. Mm. Um, so take those three points, Scotty Drinkwater. Um, maybe you can add some more and you can buy yourself a nice vest, a nice hat or something from um, Made Vest from real, of Less season end. <laughs> Paco, mate, I'm very keen to see who you've got lined up today. Yeah, look, I'm going to start with three first, and I couldn't agree with Ben Moore, Scott Drinkwater. Oh. Um, yeah, the, the three points. Uh, I thought he was outstanding. And, um, yeah, like in that start of the year, he wasn't even in the side. And then since he's been there, I think he, he's probably been the Cowboys' best player. So, uh, for me, Scott Drinkwater gets the three. And um, let's just see where he goes to from here. He's probably taken the Jake Clifford mojo. Like, Jake Clifford was the guy we were all talking about at the start. And ever since Drinkwater's come back, he's kind of taken his – um, energy, taking the momentum from him. So three points for Drinkwater, two for Adam Reynolds. Just the way he leads his side and just gets them where they need to be and just the confidence he gives them, two points. And then number one, probably because the only time we'll get it, is uh, Josh Adokar. Oh. I think two tries. Um, probably been very quiet to start the season. And, um, you know, one was an individual effort, I think 70 metres, and, and the second one was, you know, he had a bit of work to do. So Josh Adokar, if he's flying, uh, the Bulldogs are definitely going to be much better. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what, the Bulldogs really uh, lapping it up for their only win of the year. And, uh, well, I don't. I know a few Bulldog supporters and they carried on like they won the premiership. I don't know what it is. I guess when you lose every week, a win's a win. Uh, anyway, so moving on. Uh, Nathan Cleary gets my three points uh, purely because of what happened. So... The shoulder surgery, the shoulder injury in the surgery that he got, a lot of people don't come back from that type of injury in that surgery. To not only come back, but just to slip straight back in and play like he has been, like nothing's happened. Uh, I, I think he's electric. I think he will probably, by the end of his career, will probably go down as one of the best players of all time. Uh, number two, Xavier Coates. I think he was on fire for Melbourne. I think he's a great buy and... He could probably look forward to getting his first premiership this year. And at one point, Katoni Staggs absolutely just smashing Talakai from, from the whistle and just absolutely turning it on for the Brisbane Broncos. Best game from Katoni Staggs, I think, all year so far. And I think we've yeah. just heard uh, Foxy's now given another NRL premiership <laughs> prediction. Brisbane. The Storm can <laughs> oh, yeah, join yeah. the other six clubs he's put down as a premiership favourite. It's not an episode of Caught Offside if I'm not predicting some random team to win the NRL premiership <laughs> each week. Now, uh, boys, let's go fact or fiction. I've got a very interesting one, because, and I'm very curious to see where you both stand on this one. Uh, Cameron Munster will be a Brisbane Bronco in 2023. Oh, Ben, you go first, mate. I've got to think about this one. Ooh, I'm, I'm still saying uh, no. I, I think he's going to go Redcliffe. I think they've got more money to give, and I think um, I think he's going to chase the money. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to money and um, getting coached by Wayne Bennett. Um, I don't think he's definitely not going to be in Melbourne, 
and I'm going uh, Redcliffe over Broncos. Ooh. What do you think, Parker? Yeah, look, I, I think oh, – look, I just want to disagree. So I want to say <laughs> fact. I think if it was for next year, I think Redcliffe done. I think we're, we're going with Redcliffe. He's, he's signed, sealed, delivered. I think the fact that it's a couple of years from now, the Broncos will have a lot lot of money in that cap to spend. I actually don't see Redcliffe doing much. I don't think there's going to be much of a um, – yeah, really like a fart in a bathtub. I don't think it'll make much of an impact until it reaches the top of the water five, ten years down the track. So if I'm Cameron Munster, he grew up in Brisbane. I think he was in a training trial or he was in the Broncos um, squad as a youngster. He'll want to – um, yeah, represent Brisbane. Um, and I think he's going to go with Kevin Walters – the man who gave him his origin debut. And I'm going to say Munster and Reynolds in Reynolds last year Ooh. will partner Munster, uh, premiership favourites for the Broncos. There another, you go. another premiership prediction. I absolutely love it. Uh, let's get into a new segment. Ben, you've uh, been uh, creeping away there in your, in your lair, thinking up new segments, and you've got plenty of time to think too because I wouldn't want to be thinking about the Newcastle Knights right now. Uh, what's this segment and uh, how does it work? So we're going to do a little bit of a where are they now, and, and I know it's been been done, done before, but um, we're going to do a little spin of it. I've done my research. I know where that where that previous player is now, but you boys don't. No. And instead of just telling you, I'm going to give you a bit of a multiple choice. I've made two of the options up, and you boys try and guess where I'm lying and where or where this player is actually now in their post career. All right, let's um, do it. Is one of the answers every week amateur porn? Because I think I'll guess that off the bat. <laughs> uh, Tyson Campbell. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love amateur porn and uh, podcasts. All right, let's 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 do it. All right. So uh, this week we're going back to um, former Melbourne and Newcastle Knights player. Um, I don't know if you, re- you boys might remember him. Kirk Reynoldson, the Bush Ranger. Ooh. Um, known yes. for his... Uh, for his lovely bid um, more than his um, playing career. He was still a very good solid player, but just had that absolute um, cult following uh, following with his um, bid throughout his career. Um, I saw a sh- picture of him shaved too. Um, he actually had a pretty small head, but I think he grew, grew the beard out uh, for the looks and it looked um, superb. But, um, Are we still talking about the top half of his body that's fully yeah. shaved with the head poking out? I was a bit nervous there. Amateur Your shirt and came off, Ben, so I wasn't sure where we were going. <laughs> well, we haven't started talking about the sexiest man in league yet. Um, but we can't even want my shirt to come off. Um, I All right, let's go with our three three possibilities. Um, so option number one, okay, co-creator of a lifestyle app for families to assist with time management called oh, Eggy. That sounds option too specific. Two, a HS, HSIE teacher at Terrigal State High School and is also coaching their rugby union side. And option C, uh, working for South Coast Brewing based in Batemans Bay um, with some of their beers including a pineapple sour and a marshmallow dark ale. I'm going to go A. Yeah, your three options, boys. I'm going to go A. It sounded way too specific. Now... Disappointed amateur pawns are on there. Is there a prize <laughs> between Foxy and I? Best and less going to throw in another voucher. Ben, is there something you can do with us at one of your restaurants, mate? Is there is there a Fossy still around? I could give you a Fossy's voucher. Done. I'll take it. Um, no, can, no, you know what? Come, no, come come into work. I'll um I'll mix you up a nice uh, uh whiskey uh whiskey for you. Well, I'm going to go, knowing Ben is a, one of the great barmen in, in Brisbane, free plug there, Ben, at whatever restaurant it's at, Ben. <laughs> so specific. Uh, 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 I'm going with C. I'm going, going with, with C. C. 
Well, the it is not B. He's not a HSA teacher um, coaching rugby union at Terrigal State High. He's actually a co-creator of a lifestyle app. Oh, I knew Duh. it. <laughs> well that done, Foxy. It was Eggy that did it. I'm like, that. no, nah, that's way too specific. Uh, you could say the uh, app, but then when you come up with the name, I don't know. To me, it just sounded too specific. You thought he said Eggy and got excited. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good come stuff, down and please. visit me during the week and I'll um, get you a nice whiskey. I love the segue there from Eki to come down and see me. Now, boys, let's get into this weekend. Round nine of the uh, Telstra Premiership. Uh, another Broncos Thursday night blockbuster down in Sydney this time. Uh, the Rabbitohs taking on the Broncos. Parker, I'll start with you. 7.50, do you think it will be the Broncos night? Look, I really hope so. I'm going to tip the Broncos, but I am worried. Payne Haas is out, mm. um, as is Kurt Catewell, unless there's some miracle. But I think it's a good sign for the Broncos. They're not, you know, everything used to depend around Payne Haas and he carried them through a few injuries in the past. So I'm actually not too worried um, about them resting him. I think Adam Reynolds want to do it for his new side over his old side. And I just think he's got the experience over Lachlan Elias. I think Souths are playing particularly well, um, but I do like the Broncos in this one. And, and we kind of talked about it before. There was a lot more points than Broncos than what they showed us against Cronulla. Um, Tyson Gamble, you say what you want. Maybe he spoiled a few of those tries, really. The Broncos are starting to get confidence in attack, and it's coming from their defence. Um, so I want to go the Broncos in a bit of an upset over the Rabbitohs. Ben? Um, I was tossing up on this and um, decided to go, go with my new tactic of, um, based on um, Parco's tipping on the weekend and him showing me his tab receipts, <laughs> is, just follow what Parco does. Um, I actually did put down the Broncos as well, though. Um, uh, I think it'll be a tight one, but just the, the sort of form that they're playing, yeah, I agree with you, Parco, is... They're starting to get me more confidence. Uh, I think confidence breeds confidence. And sure, the Rabbitohs got a win last week, but they basically played a 12-man team for an entire yeah. game and only really broke them in the second half. So, um, yeah, I'm going Broncos in that game. Beautiful. Uh, Friday night. This one's going to be an interesting one because, look, the Raiders, they desperately need a win. Bulldogs are coming off a win. Uh, Friday night, 6 o'clock at GIO Stadium in Canberra. It is the Raiders versus the Bulldogs. Ben, mate... If I'm looking at this now, i got no idea who's going to win. Like, both teams are bad, but uh, Bulldogs yeah, coming in with some form, I think maybe that might be enough to get them over the line. How do you see it? I'm predicting I will fall asleep after about five <laughs> minutes and wake, back, wake up for the next game of Panthers Eels uh, later on in mm. the night. Um, Parker, can I just lean over your shoulder and see what you've put down there? Because uh, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea on this game. I'm going Raiders purely because they're at home, but if the Bulldogs play at all any good in the second half. Well, they guaranteed the win because we all know the Raiders can't play uh, in the second half. So um, I, I reckon we just play one half of footy and call it the second half. And um, the, um, yeah, I'm going to go Raiders just because they're home, but I do not feel confident. I'm actually going the Bulldogs and purely, oh, I think the Bulldogs had a good win, but just for the Raiders, I don't, I don't think there's too much of a plan. Um, they've made a massive amount of changes. Uh, Nickel Kloster, um, has gone back into the fullback spot. Jordan Rapana's back to the wing. Like, I mean, making changes is fine, but making the same ones week in, week out, you know, swapping the, the fullback with the wing, fullback with the wing, Xavier Savage was in, now he's out, he's in, now he's out. So they're not really re – they're just reinventing the wheel rather than doing anything outside the box. And, and Canterbury, believe it or not, they just have a consistent side, adding Josh Jackson – um, who is, is their captain back into the squad. So, for me, I think the Bulldogs are going to get it and, and go two in a row. I love what I saw from training this afternoon. 
Absolutely. And uh, you would have had the first-hand uh, experience too. Uh, let's go to the next game. And Ben touched on it before. It is a blockbuster. Parramatta versus the uh, Penrith Panthers. Uh, Parco, do you think Parramatta are the team to finally knock Panthers off their perch? Or do you think they're just going to absolutely walk away with it? Beware the wounded eel. Um, for me, this is a massive derby game, the Battle of the West between Penrith and Parramatta. And look, I actually think Parramatta are going to win it. This is going to be my lock of the round. Ooh. This is going to be the big upset. Um, no one will be looking for Parramatta to do much after they laid an absolute duck egg against the Cowboys. I think the biggest move is Dylan Brown goes back into 5-8. So for me, that's that's what the Parramatta, the Eels have been missing. Uh, they got away with it against Newcastle, um, but I think now that he's back in the halves, Opacek's back in the side. They've got a few more backs coming back into that team, and I think it's going to be a massive upset. Obviously, Penrith haven't lost yet, uh, but I think this will be the first loss for Penrith. I think they're going to underestimate Parramatta, and Parramatta are going to prove that they are a top four um, side. Lock of the round. I love it. Ben? I uh, actually was thinking the same thing, um, but just more that, this is exactly the kind of game the Eels win. Um, that kind of puts the hopes in the of the their hand of, of their fans. Just when they've taken that hope <laughs> away, they give it back before they take it away again. And this is the kind of game that is going to give their fans hope again. So I'm going to go Eels um, just for them to um, lose um, the following week. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. I love everything about it. Uh, let's go Saturday afternoon, Four Pines Park in Sydney. Manly Sea Eagles taking on the West Tigers. I won't say the West Tigers are uh, hugely informed. They found a couple of wins. Uh, Manly sort of just like floating around. Parco, uh, do you think that t- I've just got a funny feeling about the Tigers in this one? Where do you sit with it? Uh, look, I've, I've loved what I've seen from the Tigers the last three weeks, and even going further back than that, I think the Tigers just cop so much criticism, and I don't think they've been as bad as what we think. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is that Leilua was out for the Tigers, and I think he was outstanding on the weekend. I think playing injured, I think if he plays the whole game or was unhampered, I think they actually probably beat the Dragons. Uh, for Manly, Tommy Turbo's back, and, and that's just enough for me to say – that Manly will get this. I know they've been working on tackle technique um, after Carl Lawton got absolutely, <laughs> geez, it doesn't the worst tackle you'll see in mm. 15 years. I don't know what is. Uh, boys, that was another big talking point. Are we comfortable with the send-off? Or, I know Gus Gould, I know Brad Fittler kind of defended it and said, oh, no, um, it wasn't as bad. It was just momentum. Geez, that was a horrible mm. look. And, and, you know, there was – I don't think there was any other option but a send-off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Manly. But, boys, that tackle, gosh – I'm, I'm happy yeah, with this I have, yeah. yeah. I have a theory, like, because I have an idea, sorry, what I should say is, um, yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. That does definitely deserve to send off that, that tackle. Um, but to go down to 12 players for uh, 70 minutes is also, that's a big thing. It takes away for the fans. Um, so I was thinking, what if you had a player contracted by the NRL where they go and sit on the sideline every game and if you lose a player to a send-off, that one player can come on after 10 minutes and play the rest of the game. And I was thinking, what if Billy Walters was employed by the NRL to be a player that comes on? It's still a hindrance to the team, <laughs> him coming on and playing. But oh. it's for the fans. You're not having to sit there and watch a 12-on-13 for almost an entire game football. But there's still a penalty there for the um, team who did something wrong. Billy well, Walters comes like- and plays whatever spot has freed up on the field. Forget a player. I think just celebrity. Like, um, you know, like here comes, whoops, sent off. Here comes Larry Emder filling in for the Manly Seagulls. That's going to bring the fans back. Think outside the box. 
I like Parker. Yeah, Jones. I want to see Russell from Crowe neighbors. play prop forward for Rabbitohs. I like Parker's money in the bank idea for the uh, NRL Premiership. I think if the ratings go down, we'll have to go down that way. Uh, <laughs> speaking of money in the bank, it's probably the only way these guys are probably going to win some games. Look, Sydney Roosters, at the start of the year, we were talking them up and... Rightfully so. I mean, they made some pretty good headway in the final series, despite the fact that they were a depleted team. Look, they just haven't dished anything up this year. They're taking on the Titans, another side not really doing anything special. Uh, ben, do you think the Roosters are going to actually get this one? Because I'm not liking what I'm seeing from the Titans, unless they just kick in the gear now. Yeah, I'm, this is another game. I mean, I, I've said this a couple of times this season. I'm enjoying struggling with my tips because it means the, um, the, footy's, the footy's good again. Um, and this one, I I spent a few minutes looking at this going, who the hell am I going to tip in this game? Um, I've gone Titans. I feel like they're due for a win. Um, the Roosters, are, but the Roosters would have got a real G up from um, from their coach after that performance last week, and the, um, they'll be wanting to try and set some things right. But something's not quite right. It's not working. We spoke about this last week, and I, I said that they I think their halves are too similar. Um, they need to try and change something up in the halves and bring one of those two boys off the bench. Um, I'm going to go Titans. I'm going to go. This is going to be my surprise pick for the seat. Uh, actually, I'm going to call it my lock of the week. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, well, I never got a lock uh, right so far. So maybe this could. The Titans are due, and so am I. So. Oh, I start my, now. Lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm actually going to Titans as well. Um, for feet is out, and I, I, I just think maybe it's going to open up the game a bit more. I think it becomes such a focus, and and can be that focus that has such a positive impact. But maybe it's going to force other players to pick up their socks and and do something decent. Um, with absolutely no confidence, the Roosters. I mean, there will be a bounce back game, but maybe this could be an upset. No, oh, no, I can't do it. I can't do the Titans again. I'm going back to the Roosters. Roosters win. Um, yeah, Titans stink. Yeah. I can't even talk myself into it. Yeah, it's probably definitely going to be a game you fall asleep to. Speaking of game you're falling asleep to, um, Ben, I don't know exactly how drunk you'll be by the time this one starts on Saturday, 7.35. The informed Cowboys taking on the uh, bottom of the barrel, uh, Newcastle Knights. Uh, ben, do you have any hope whatsoever the Knights will get things back on track? Um, do I think the Knights are going to get up? No. Uh, the only thing getting up is uh, my blood pressure watching this game. <laughs> um, and it's up in Townsville, which makes yeah. it worse. So um, I did not have to think for more than a second on the, uh, this uh, Cowboys and Cowboys by plenty. Mm. Um, let's going to go 40 points. Oh, big one. Well, wow, well, well. I look at Newcastle and, and look, we talked about the Raiders before and changing and, and just revolving the door of, of bringing players in and then moving the same players out and, and then moving the same players in. Newcastle, at least they've tried. So we look at their halves pairing Tex Hoy, Phoenix Crossland. So they've got rid of Clune, they've got rid of Clifford. They've hey, made a bold call. Um, you know, maybe it's the bold play that, that comes off. I don't think it will. I think the Cowboys, like I said before, I think they've gone from pretenders now into contenders. And if they want to be be proven as a top four side, you've got to beat sides like Newcastle. So mm. too much up for grabs for uh, the Cowboys. But I think it'll be a lot closer than you, than you, than you say, Ben. I think I think the, the Knights will probably show a bit of, bit of something and they'll lose by less than 20. Oh, this well, is I hope bit, you're right. Silver lining there. <laughs> Parker, take, bring in the you know, I, They're playing Just trying to talk you off the ledge, Ben. <laughs> Speaking of they're off the so ledge. Poorly, I'm hoping for the loss of less than 20. 
Anthony Griffin, uh, look, he's probably worried about this one. Two o'clock Sunday, uh, Melbourne Storm, red hot at the moment. Uh, boy, they've racked up some big wins. Uh, take you on the Dragons. Parko, do you think your boy Anthony Griffin's got a, a backup plan to ambush them? Or do you think they're just going to get completely wrong? Uh, does he really appear smart enough? I love, I love <laughs> Anthony Griffin. Um I mean, the storm of the benchmark. So yeah. I don't think the Dragons are going into this game expecting to win, but we're expecting a feature and, and maybe just hold it close. You know, maybe a loss by 10 points is a good result for the Dragons. Or oh, I think the Dragons are winning on defence. I mean, their last couple of games, they've won because they've been the better defensive side. And that's how you're going to beat Melbourne. You're not going to score more points, but you might hold them to less. Uh, ben Hunt, to me, is the form player in the competition. Mm. Um I think it'd be a great game. I'd love to see the Dragons get up. I might throw a little money on them to do so. But, yeah, for me, the Storm will win um, and and take themselves into next week's game against the Panthers in red-hot form. So, Melbourne for me. Absolutely, Ben. Yeah, another game I didn't really have to think too hard about. Um, (laughs) Storm, um, I think it's going to be a little closer than their last two games, so that can't exactly be too hard. They scored 120 points in two weeks. Um, I think it'll be a bit closer. I think they'll... Dragons will go down by about 20. Okay. I guess that's uh, probably... But yeah, I yeah. can't see the Storm losing this. No. <laughs> They've been playing too well. There's no. the gulf of um, talent there between mm. the two sides. Especially down there in Melbourne, it's going to be hard to beat. Uh, listen, this one's going to be an interesting one. Points Bet Stadium, Sydney to wrap up the round uh, on Sunday afternoon around 4 o'clock. Uh, Parco, look, the Sharks be- being beaten last week, do you think they're going to be a bit shaky from that? Or do you think this is going to be a test to see if they can get back against the Warriors? Or do you think the Warriors are, are going to ambush them? Or? Yeah, look, I mean, at the start of the year, everyone was saying how well the Sharks had gelled. And, and they'll probably, three or four weeks before, we probably thought they would be um, in the sides they'd been. And they seem to get a bit demoralised that loss against the Storm. Everyone was saying that they, you know, it was one of the games of the season, but they kind of had their chance to to probably put their mark on the top four by, you know, going down by a couple of points, but they lost quite convincingly. The Broncos just looked far better, particularly that second half. I don't know if the Sharks were unfit or they just, yeah, they just, it just looked like they couldn't go with, with the Broncos of all, all teams. Um, and the Warriors, I mean, they've just showed us they can be quite pesky. So, look, this could be an upset. Um, I'm going to tip the Sharks, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors got up. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking over your shoulder and seeing your notes <laughs> here, and I'm saying Sharks as well. Um, uh, yeah, I had Sharks as well. Uh, only, uh, they're home, but that doesn't really matter anything to the Warriors anymore. When was the last time they actually had a home game? So, um, I think the Sharks are going to bounce back from this game. Uh, I think it's going to be fairly close. So, the Warriors, have, as you said, they've been a pesky side. Uh, if anything else. And I think they'll stay with the Sharks and not kind of let them get a too big of a lead. But I think the Sharks are going to be too classy in the end. Yes, looking like a good weekend. Uh, and just before we wrap things up, we'll quickly go through and uh, confirm the locks of the week. Parco, what was your one again, sorry? Yeah, so man, I don't know the Eels is a lock. Right. Um, and look, if you're looking for a value, gamble responsibly. Why don't you go the Eels and the Bulldogs, both as locks? I think they're both um, outsiders. I reckon they're both going to win this weekend. That's a good little one. Uh, ben? Yeah, I'm going um, Titans as my lock of the week. As I said, um, they're due for a win, and uh, so am I. Uh, I, need, I, I need to get one, <laughs> one of my locks right, and it wouldn't be uh, one of my locks if I didn't throw in a, a hat trick that's not going to happen <laughs> as well. And... I'm going to throw um, Scotty Drinkwater. Um, he's probably going to break a leg now that I've said it. Um, going <laughs> Scotty Drinkwater for a hat trick. 
Love it. Love everything about it. Uh, my lock of the round, uh, the Warriors to burst the Sharks' bubble and bring them back down to earth. Uh, the, the Warriors to uh, do it decently against the Sharks on Sunday. Uh, boys, we made it to the end of another episode. Uh, raring to get into another week of footy. Uh, gamble responsibly, of course, if you're going to put a bet on. Uh, cannot wait to see uh, how the fallout from this one and uh, have a bit of a chat about footy next week. Can't wait, boys. All the best, eh? Cheers, lads.